Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. La di da, la di da, la la. Well, it's a schnitt show again. We've done this. I think this is the fifth year that we've done this uh, schnitt podcast. This is the first year I think that we're focusing just on South African filmmakers. Usually, what we do with these is we we jump around to all the other schnitt cities because, as some of you schnitt veterans like Simon Wood know, um, <laughs> welcome back, Simon Wood, to the schnitt. The sh- uh, it's to it's. <laughs> <laughs> to It's a Schnitt Show, which you have to use the full name every time you, you mention it, because that's the official name of this radio show. It's good Thank to have you, you back. Thank you, Sean. It's lovely to be here for the second year in a row. Okay, good. Uh, we also got Will Nicholson. Welcome to It's a Schnitt Show. Thank you very much, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and uh, we've got Linson Lutz and David van Rooyen. Uh, and welcome. It's your guys' first schnitt as well. So That's yes. right, Sean. Yes, cool. Thanks. Welcome. Welcome to It's a Schnitt Show. Uh, <laughs> full name. Uh, so Schnitt's coming up. It's the 5th to the 9th of October this year. It's the seventh year in Cape Town. Everybody's uh, obviously very excited. And, and always we have a host of amazing South African films that we're showing. Um, we're showing all of your films. We're showing The Silent Form. We're showing Bait and Cunt, and we're showing Soft Landings. Um, I think we uh, this is a chance for you guys to talk about your films, talk about yourselves, talk about each other's films, and then we talk about uh, the state of film in South Africa and anything else you guys find interesting, state of creativity in general, the state of, uh, well, I don't know, we'll, we'll leave it up to you, the state of form. <laughs> Which is a leading question for you, Simon. Let's 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 talk about the silent. Let's talk about the silent form. Um, how do you describe it? Because I could I could try and sum it up, but I think I would probably get it wrong, and I, I and I wouldn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the silent form is uh, ultimately a documentary. Um, which I made over, I think, two years with a local artist called Dylan Lewis. Um, and the film is the result of being ignored for those two years because um, <laughs> I find it quite odd. It's my first job where um, the the person in the film had no interest whatsoever in talking to me. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> um, so, and, and whilst at first I was very angry and had many of those sort of quiet, dark moments on my own every day wondering what I was doing, I, I realised it was actually a sort of tremendous opportunity to make a film about artists because obviously it poses the question, you know, can we ever interpret or reinterpret an artist's work through film, you know, and what does that create? Hmm. Um, so basically by ignoring me, he forced me to make the film that I had to make about him. And, and I think ultimately it has very little to do with Dylan's work. It's completely about, sadly, the director's work. Right. Um, and the film premiered at Hot Docs yeah. in Toronto this year. Amazing. My, my second year in a row at Hot Docs, which I was super excited about, playing in front of the, like a thousand people in um, C-Max Cinema in Toronto. I mean, that's that's quite cool. It's not quite schnitt cool, but it's it's pretty cool. It's not schnitt cool, no, Sean. But <laughs> I, I, um, I'm very excited to be in competition in schnitt for the second year in a row after Orbis. So, because um, it's, it's sort of a deconstruction of the filmmaking process, I would say, to use a couple of big words. Um, but it's 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 funny that you say it's because you were you were it was a result of a subject who had no interest in being part of a documentary and you actually actively make that part of the film, his almost reluctance to to give and give. So how did you end up working with him in the first place? How did the whole thing come about? Someone paid me to. 
Um, <laughs> I do often sort of offer my services in that way. I was I was approached by the people organising Dylan's exhibition in uh, Italy and London next year, and they wanted a, a film to sort of go with that. Um, but it sort of spiralled out of control. They wanted like a three or four minute bio film. And I wasn't prepared to do that in the end. I, I made a film basically about the limitations of words to describe art. Mm. I, you know, and, and that's the tagline for the film. Art is a language without words, um, which I think is great because here we have a man who's not prepared to talk to me. And he's like, are you stupid? Look at my sculptures. Look yeah. what I'm doing. These speak... To, to, to you far more than anything I could ever say. Yeah. Um, so I got sort of quite wrapped up in this process of, um, I think even uh, Picasso said, um, if, if words were enough, there'd be no reason to paint. And I think that sort of made me explore my own sort of creative ideas and, right. and instincts. Um, and yeah, it was a beautiful, scary, horrible, dark, funny journey. Yeah, I think I think I remember you talking about being on that journey sort of last year around about this time and you that was probably exactly the words you used to describe it. So, <laughs> welcome back to the other side. Uh well, Batenkant, let's let's talk about um let's talk about the film. Uh what inspired it? Where does uh, where does it come from? Um yeah, the film probably has its roots in practicality. Um it comes from uh, the apartment that we filmed it in is actually my own apartment that uh. I live in. And uh, my day job is producing, so I'm obviously quite attuned to feasibility. That's kind of where I always try and start, which I know is not always the best way around. But um, I was struck by the fact that I actually live on Batenkant Street, and it's a really interesting part of town where there's this mm. radical contrast between these fairly upmarket apartments um, on the inside and then on the outside, quite gritty streets. Um, it's the old outskirts of the city, hence the, the old Dutch word Batenkant. And it also marks where District 6 used to begin formally. Right. So there's a big like uh, homeless community around there, um, some of whom I've interacted with, most of whom I don't understand at all. Um, and that, that kind of made me hesitant to make the film because I realized I know nothing about homelessness. Mm -hmm. um, so one friend in particular kind of tried to talk me out of it, um, but the idea just kept gnawing at my head. And I, I realized it was less about trying to be faithful to what homelessness is and more about the idea, really, which is this contrast between how we behave according to the um, circumstances we're in. Okay. Um, so basically, it's a, it's a very simple, intimate little story. It's basically a one-actor uh, one um, film, except for interaction at the beginning of the, of the uh, movie. But she, this homeless woman, discovers a set of keys and then manages to figure out which upmarket department it kind of uh, corresponds to, and she manages to break in. And then it's just this very intimate kind of wordless study about how being in this different situation changes her behavior and the way she sees herself. Mm. Um, and it leads up to quite a, quite a tense conf confrontation she has with herself and effectively with the owner of the apartment, but that person isn't there. So, um, and then... I won't give away the ending, but it kind of, you know, as usual, you have your finale or whatever, and it kind of mm. um, dissolves from there. But there's definitely, there's a real sense of um, almost like it's a palpable tension from beginning to end because because um, you're always waiting for, you know, and I also, it's hard to talk about without giving away the end, but, but, but you're waiting for, you know, she's in an apartment, she's not supposed to be at, you're waiting for somebody to come in, come home, Surprise! You, you're building up to that moment the whole time, so it's it's quite an edge of the seat watch. Even though there's nothing sort of like 
intrinsically thrilling going on, but but I, I, I it's really well, really well, like tonally handled, man. Is Thank it is you. it a documentary or is it? Fiction? Um, it's a fiction piece. Yeah, it'd be quite exciting if it was a documentary. If you put homeless people in rich people's houses, quite. It it would be. Maybe we should collaborate after this. Maybe we should talk. Yeah, that would actually that's that's probably a reality TV show waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Which uh which which uh Linston Devet, you guys can we can come back to a little a little later on in the discussion because that's exactly what you guys are working on right now. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about Soft Landings, which you guys which was actually a forty eight hour film competition film last year. That's right. Um when we entered we and arrived on the night uh to you get given your genre and your line and your prop and, and so forth. Um I sat there looking at all the genres that you could possibly select from because you, you draw from a hat. And I, I told Linson and um, the other producer on the film, Mandelise, uh sitting next to me, that if we draw family film, we just forfeit. I mean, because what, <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? I mean, what, what kind of risky stuff can you do with a family film? Inevitably, we actually we drew sci-fi first, and then we were kind of hesitant. Are we going to go with sci-fi? What can you do with sci-fi? Also, um, and we decided to go for the for the wild card. And uh, yeah. how does that work? How does the wild card work? So, if you're not happy with your your first draw from the big hat, uh, you can uh, forfeit that choice. But um, you have to draw from a different okay. selection, and okay, it's okay. got And you have to keep whatever yeah, you get from then the you're wild card. It, so okay. yeah. Major choice. So we, we drew family film, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite a, a moody drive back to the office because right. we ne- needed to know. And because of course, you you kind of prepare beforehand for these films. You know, you, you line up actors and and so forth, and um, you don't think of lining up children for your forty eight hour film. Yeah. So yeah. the next thing we find ourselves, I mean, it's. 9.30 on a Friday night and we're frantically phoning trying to find a child actor who can be on set at 7 tomorrow morning. I'll be looking for a child. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I'd worked with um, a guy called uh, Jesse Cornelius on a previous short film that I did and um, called his agent. She called his mum. About 11 o'clock at night, Friday night, we get a hold of them. Luckily they were, they were watching rugby or something. Okay. And um, yeah, he was on set the next morning. Amazing. Very yeah. cool. Because his performance, I mean, the performances are the centerpiece of the film, but his performance is phenomenal. I think he won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, he did. I think he, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Yeah. No, it's, uh, the, the judges were blown away by his performance. <laughs> yeah, he's very cute. <laughs> he's yeah, very cute. We, we had to dub the whole soundtrack um, the next day, the Sunday. Oh, really? Uh, in do ADR. On, on the whole thing? The whole thing, oh, wow. top to bottom. Because the dialogue was a little bit difficult for him to... You know, yeah, and the locations there was a lot of sort of background noise sure, and yeah. cars and what have yeah. you. So, mm. but uh, yeah. but yeah, that's certainly an enhanced his performance. Yeah, it's 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 great. And so the film, I mean, it won a few awards at the Forty Eight Hour Film Competition last year. Yeah, we we came second overall, and we won uh, the best writing, the best supporting actor, mm. and, and oh, this is so funny, we won uh, best visual effects. Yes, yes. This was for a shot. <laughs> <laughs> this this was for a shot um, where you've got the two characters. It's it's quite a low down shot, sh- shooting up the the two characters in the foreground, and um, up above there's a an, uh, a, a plane for seven going overhead. Yeah, and they figured we must have uh, we must have composited that into into the frame. Yeah, it was actually shot. It was actually yeah. in camera. Yeah, but weirdly <laughs> enough, this this was actually what made it so funny is that. <laughs> 
throughout the the sort of second part of the film, they carry with them a, a red balloon. Yeah, yeah, a helium balloon. A helium balloon. And of course, in the frantic sort of rush in these our one day of shooting to get everything done, we need no, we need to drive out to near the airport to get the shot. And we forget to take the balloon along, so we ended up filming the shot without balloon, without the balloon, and then compositing that in afterwards. Okay. So the plane is real, but the balloon is fake. That's unbelievable, and I and I can say that because because I was on the jury that year, so I know that like the debate we had about it, and that yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> really? So you never really. considered the balloon? We didn't consider the balloon. I don't think. <laughs> I can't remember now. But we were because we we paused, we freeze framed, we were looking, going like it has to be. Has to be a composite <laughs> because the timing of it was just so perfect. Yeah. Oh well. And anyway, that's you, you live and you learn, right? <laughs> um, so okay, so let's let's talk about this reality TV show then, because you guys right now, what are you working on, or what what do you aside from the forty eight hour competition, what what do you guys do? Just started doing TV. Um, so uh, it's a small channel, VR, that's on DSTV, uh-huh. doing a you know, a reality decor show for them. Okay. Yeah, we've shot sort of nine of the 14 episodes. The basic premise is it's two people sharing a space, so like a couple living together or, or flatmates or what have you, with differing styles. And we come in and flip a coin, and the winner gets a day and 10,000 Rand to redo a room in their house. Okay. Um, so it's like, it's quite fun. It's incredibly intense because you've got to, you know, do all this work in the space of a day and film it in such a way that you can make a story out of it. Yeah. But it's a, it's a lot of fun. And how do you choose your characters? Maximum drama. Do you do you pair people together or do they come together as a... No, the, the central premise is that they have to live together and that they... Uh, yeah, so we've had a lot of like married couples, um, had a, a mother and two daughters who entered that kind of interesting dynamics of people yeah. that, that share a space. People with terrible taste, obviously, for maximum on-screen Preferably, drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of chaos. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to take the premise of the show and put it in, well, in your apartment when we shoot the sequel. <laughs> we'll shoot Baden-Kun 2, Double Trouble. That's a good rate for my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that, that sounds quite, yeah, that sounds like a recipe for, for drama. It must be fun. Mm, very much. Yeah. And then outside of the, the TV stuff, what are the greater ambitions for, for you guys? What's the name of the company? Weird Films. Weird Films. Um, the long-term aim is to be making films, feature films. Mm. Um, in the meantime, we're doing a fair amount of commercial work, a lot of online videos, mm. and are kind of getting into TV as well. We yeah. have our first feature lined up for next July. Okay, yeah. cool. Can you give us a tidbit? Can you give us a tidbit? Mm, not really. <laughs> It's 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 too much in development. Oh, okay. To, to yeah. Okay. Watch this space. Yeah. Watch this weird space. <laughs> well, what do you? So you're running arcade content, and you guys have literally you've been running for maybe three, three or four uh, years, two now? years to now. Only two years. Because you guys are cleaning up and li- quite literally kicking ass Thank as you. arcade. Thank you. Yeah, we've been off to a good start so far. Luckily. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about what are you guys up to at the moment, and what are the great what's, what what are the great ambitions? Yeah, so we're we're in an interesting space where our kind of bread and butter comes from a lot of advertising work, traditional through agencies and so on. But we're trying to brand ourselves in a way that we're not doing traditional TV commercials, mm-hmm. but more in this branded content or online video space. Um, and uh, but on our downtime, we tr- we're always talking about short films or features. We've done one feature doc, well, sorry, two feature documentaries okay. uh, with our director Lebo Khang Rasetaba. Right. 
Uh, one was the People versus the Rainbow Nation, which, by the, as I'm sure you can tell by the title, is quite a um, quite an incendiary piece and yeah. got a lot of people talking, which was very interesting. And that was actually commissioned by MTV. Okay. Um, and then before that, Lebor did a collaboration with Spook Matambo called uh, Future Sounds of Mzansi, yeah, yeah. which is kind of an overview of the electronic music scene in South Africa. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Lebor's pushing for another feature film that I can't talk about either, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and our other director, Carl Lewis, very talented guy, has also got some uh, fiction work up his sleeve. Oh, very cool. And it remains to be seen whether that's something he'll do with us or externally, because it's not really our core focus, but it's not something we're opposed to. Mm. Rainbow was showing at Josie now, wasn't it? Um, I believe so, yeah. There are lots of little pop-up screenings, which is really exciting. Mm. And MTV's been really cool about it. They've basically made it open source. Amazing. So lots of people can just have a little screening wherever you want, you know. So there have been little screenings in Soweto, in town, in Joburg, here in Cape Town too. So it's been very cool. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, getting it seen is the maximum. Like that's what you want more than anything else, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so you, I mean, you described yourself as a producer, and I know at Arcade you are a producer, but you you started very much as a writer and director. So with Baden County, sort of like dipping toes back in that side of the world or what? yeah i think i'm gonna keep flirting with that side of the world um i came to a realization maybe two or three years ago that i don't i don't see myself as a uh, advertising director whatever mm-hmm. that means i don't yeah. think my voice is suited to brand work uh, i'm speaking in very broad terms here obviously anyone can do anything but i just think you know it's the kind of person i am so i really enjoy producing i enjoy working with other directors um and then on the side, I'll keep doing my little short films. I've got an idea coming up for my next one, okay. uh, four or five minutes or so, um, and also just very contained. But mm. yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just feel like I need to keep doing it. So Yeah, well, that's, that's the, the, the artistic compulsion. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the power of art compels you, the power of art, or something like that. Exactly. Um, Simon, you've always got interesting projects lined up. What, what are you working on at the moment? I am working on about three separate films. We just signed a deal with the Zephanie Nurse family to tell her story about oh. the young girl who was stolen from the hospital. Yeah. Um, it's an absolutely crazy story. And I'm making that with Francois Vestier. So that'll be cool. my first co-directing uh, film. All right. I think it's going to be quite odd because we're both used to getting our own way. Yeah. Could be a could be a beautiful collaboration or an utter disaster. You should have just been there to see how we cut the promo together. It took about a week <laughs> shouting at each other. Um, and uh, I've also just finished my next film called Untamed, which is about right. the evolution of the human psyche. Yes, um, I told you about that yeah, last that year, and I said it I was almost finished, but yeah. it is now finished. I think I'll probably enter that into Berlin this year. Okay, um, and I'm working, and I've just been sent off to nine African countries to go to before Christmas, where I'm making a sort of quite sort of conceptual. You should never say this word, experimental uh-huh. uh, film. Um, Conceptual experimental film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is far too up its own arse to explain on this <laughs> really? lowbrow radio show. Oh, good. That sounds, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to not watch that one. <laughs> yeah, it's coming to an obscure film festival in Poland, 2018. <laughs> Somebody's lounge. My friend Vladimir's lounge. Um, no, that sounds, that sounds very cool. The so what because um, you've shot up in Africa before, right? So this isn't your first time. Yeah, I I like silent form. I filmed all myself. It was my first film. I filmed completely by all by on my own, mm. only because 
the guy would only let me sort of sit in his studio for a couple of hours every day whilst he ignored me. And I didn't want to be ignored in front of, you know, a DOP and a sound person. <laughs> <laughs> just my ego is too big for that. Do you think he might have taken you more seriously if you had brought a bit of a crew in? I did bring the bloody crew in first. Uh, one day we had the crew there and he, it was embarrassing. He wouldn't speak to me. They all thought I was not in control of the situation. And he, what he does is he turns up Metallica so loud <laughs> when he's working. You're like, in the film, it's got all this beautiful classical music yeah. as he's um, hitting these sculptures with a machete. But what's actually going on is Metallica is so loud, my T-shirt <laughs> is moving. So I just rip the sound off straight away off the camera. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed filming it by myself. And then I got the opportunity to go to all these different spaces. And I decided to film this one on my own as well. The other two are with Cinnies, thank God. Right. Cool. How, over how many um, days or weeks was this filmed, your silent form? The silent form, um, I probably worked with him for about two years. And he would, he would, I mean, it's only 21 minutes long. I'm quite keen on uh, short films. Most documentaries are far too long. Mm -hmm. My film before, because I got so fed up, like the film I just mentioned, Untamed, is now in its fifth year, which is, seems to be quite a standard documentary trauma we all go through. <laughs> and the one prior to that I shot in 30 days. I, I filmed every day for a month and then we cut every day for a month. And that played at um, Schnitt last year and was also at Hot Docs the year before. Mm -hmm. um, so I hate it when people ask me that question because I always think, it probably took far too long, you know. <laughs> yeah. Has Dylan seen the film, Dylan, Dylan Lewis? Yes. He watched the film and he was very positive about it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was a bit quiet, wasn't I? <laughs> uh, amazing. So um, one of the things we like to do on It's a Schnitt Show uh, is talk about making films in South Africa because doing Schnitt now, this is the seventh year of Schnitt and we've, we've really seen i don't want to say we've we've seen um what's the word to describe this we've seen growth explosions just like an upswell of people not only outputting amazing creative work but also supporting banding together and and sort of bigging up each other's work um so just sort of open questions to the table what are the, what are some of the most exciting things going on in South Africa's creative spaces now? Not even not even just film necessarily. I mean, art, music, fashion. We've seen some really really amazing things over the last year or so. But for you guys, what are some of the things that get, get you most excited? I'm fortunate to mentor uh, students at UCT every year in their final year projects, um, and I've noticed a real shift into sort of very political filmmaking. Mm, yeah. Um, and they are not remotely interested in the opinions of 42-year-old white guys from England, which I love, you know, right. being told to bugger off and mind my own business. Um, and I've really noticed coming out, I've been, I've lectured at WITS and uh, UWC and all these spaces, and there seems to be a really sort of exciting, aggressive type of filmmaking which is v extremely prepared to kick doors down there. Yeah. And I, I say bring it on, let's, let's watch the storm as it develops. Yeah, yeah. So quite, um, quite hard-hitting works coming out of UCT, like this year's crop of... Told with, you know, in positions of authority, which I really like. You know, it's a generation of people saying, you do not understand me, and yeah. uh, this is not acceptable to me any longer. And things are going to change or you're going to um, disappear, basically. Right. I'm getting lots of B-roll at the moment <laughs> with the student protests. 
Sorry, what do you mean with, by... With the student project? Well, lots oh, of... Oh, yeah. yeah, no, but I'm talking primarily about fiction, actually. Really? Like the, okay. the scripts that are being written and um, <clears throat> created now are absolutely fascinating, yeah. you know? Mm. The, the kids that I'm helping... They're not kids, young adults, adults um, that I'm helping this year have written an extremely political film about sort of white liberal identity in Cape Town and, and right. in, in, in all the wrong places. Mm. Um, and I, like I said, bring it on. Let, let's see. Because I really feel for the first time people are prepared to sort of shake things up. Uh-huh. Cool. And it's good to be shaken, I think. And as a, let's be honest, as a room of white men in yeah. South yeah. Africa, it's good to be shaken. And by God, we should be shaken. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Very well. That's exciting. I hope we get to see some of those. Um, Gents, well, what, what are you finding the most exciting, some of the most exciting things going on uh, at the moment? I'm excited to see Afrikaans films moving away from mm. rom-coms. Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, there have been some, in the last year, been some amazingly hard-hitting Afrikaans films mm. going back to, well, looking this year at Nume Skoli, which is still yeah. on circuit and, and doing really mm. well, Tess. Tess. Uh, Johnny Sneedotny also. Johnny Sneedotny can't wait to see that. Quite, quite something to see. Yeah. Um, but Tess was English, though, and they forced it to be Afrikaans, which oh, really? I find quite strange. Oh. It was an English novel. Really? And they got oh. funding for it. But Kikenet, or Cake Net, sorry, guys, <laughs> from London, Cakenet funded it. I gave them eight mil, yeah. and, but said you have to turn the script into Afrikaans. I didn't know that. Oh, Discuss. A... Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that, I mean, CakeNet. CakeNet's development process is probably another whole discussion. But the one thing they are doing is churning out a ton of films, mm. and yeah. they're not. They're, they're 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 less and less afraid to push the boundaries away from those rom coms and those sorts of things. Yeah, it's nice to see, about. given the amount of sort of energy and money that they're putting into the local industry, that there is kind of an agenda to at least explore more interesting genres and sort of mm. things that try and make more of a statement. Yeah, and also something like Numme Skoli, which they also funded, which is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a, a an Afrikaans Cape Town-based film of colour, mm. exploring, you know, a totally different, you know, a, a topic so relevant to so many South Africans, but one that you maybe a few years ago you wouldn't have thought that CakeNet would have touched, Yeah, to mm. be honest. Maybe that's maybe that's not giving CakeNet enough credit. I don't, I don't know because I think they are doing... Really good things. Um, well, it did take them ten years to make the film, so I think a few years ago they really didn't want to touch it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is uh, true. Um, but yeah, so what what, were the, what are the latest films you guys have seen that that that, that have got you excited? Have you seen Scully? Seen Tess? Um, films like Sunk was another one. You know? yeah, that was last year. Yeah, at, at yeah. the Silver Scarum. Yes, yeah. Back then, that was at least, to my opinion, the the winning film. Of the festival there, mm. uh, but this year definitely Johnny has to do it. Me, mm. yeah, you saw it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah well, Christian, the director, is. It feels very different to the other Afrikaans films I've seen. It sort of has a very much indie '80s rock kind of yeah. feeling, and he's managed to pull that through. And he's got some really incredible, like beautiful shots and scenes set up. And mm. it, it feels like a sort of grown-up film. It's yeah, really I'm looking cool. forward to seeing that. Those look good. Do these films have legs? Do they travel like, internationally? That's an interesting question, which I'm, I'm sure. going to leave to the group. I know if the filmmakers sort of have entered them internationally. I'm not aware of them doing particularly well, though. No, I um, think, you know, I think the films generally go out and do the festival circuit to a degree. Yeah. Because, cause, you know, the festival circuit is expansive. 
um, films like Allison, documentaries like Allison that that Uga Carlini did, they they travel. I don't know if they if they distribute outside of South Africa. That's sort of a, a different question. I don't know what Tess. I mean, Tess is relatively fresh. So is Scully. Uh, I don't know what Sync has done. What international business Sync has done. Um, but I also think it's a growth process. I think more and more filmmakers in South Africa are realizing that they should be looking outwards and, and, and developing content, films that will travel and that are geared to travel and that, that are aimed outside of just South African audiences because we know the audience here is small. And if we're talking about revenue models, um, you know, there's, there, there aren't many revenue models in South Africa that actually see films seeing money back. And I really yeah. think there's a sort of self-defeating mechanism going on here where people are people are making films that are you know maybe for maybe making films that are cheaper than they should be because it's hard to fund films here but they limit themselves by sort of cutting their own legs off before they've even reached the market because they just simply aren't sitting on a level that 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 can travel is geared to Mm. travel Mm. and so you try and factor in um you know, financing models that incorporate maybe a TV sale here through CakeNet because they're the only people buying, and then maybe a limited theatrical run here where they see like scraps and scraps and 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 crumbs back, and they go, oh, "Shit, films on here are making money." Whereas if they sort of push the level of ambition a little higher and made a point of going out to hit those international markets, um, it's and I'm not saying you guaranteed to sell because of course you're not. But if you play in a global space, I think your potential returns are so much bigger that you can you can afford to take bigger risks on yeah. on, on content. Um, and it feels like we should have lots of advantages in terms of production here. Um, that you can you can shoot films cheaper and you have these amazing locations mm. and a lot of talent sort of through the board. Yeah, uh, and obviously that's why international productions. Why international productions come here? So if we can find a way of leveraging that to make our own films and, and send them overseas, you know. Yeah, there's no lack of skills and and just capability and and world classness here in <laughs> South Africa. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep coming and shooting world class films. Exactly. It's nothing to do with the rand. <laughs> well, it's both. <laughs> it has to be both. Yeah, yeah if, but if we weren't good enough, regardless of the price, people wouldn't come here. So exactly, yeah. And they're bringing, you know, they they're using South African crews, South African specialists, mm. South African creatives. So the Rand's one thing, but there's you can't deny we've got we we are a world class filmmaking hub at this point, and we we just need to turn more of that towards our own South African films and make them world class, and then take them to the goddamn world. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, Will. <laughs> yes, Will knows. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, any any last thoughts that we give towards Schnitt? Uh, what um, what what can we what can we look out for? Well, obviously, when does the TV show go live? Our first episode aired last week. Okay, um, it's Fridays at five thirty on on VR channel one four seven one four seven, and it's called My Black of Fiona. My Black of Fiona. It's it's not uh, <clears throat> it's not a, like a risque dating game could, show. Could be the yeah. season two. Yeah, wait and see. <laughs> We've, they've 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 designed the rooms. They've set the scene. Now they've got to do something with them. <laughs> um, and Simon, uh, good luck in the travels. And hopefully you'll hopefully you'll be back in time for Schnitt and um, ready for a, ready for a good weekend and with stories to tell. I will try and make it three in a row next year at Schnitt. Oh. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I've got one up my sleeve. 
with okay. the with this film actually. So maybe we'll be talking about that next year. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Simon Linson Devet, thanks for being on It's a Schnitt Show. Will, thanks for being with us on It's a Schnitt Show, and uh, we'll see you guys at the festival. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. has been a Lalela Media production. For more Lalela podcasts and goodies, you can visit lalelamedia.com. Hold up. 